0: Here we are. Well, well, well. This is kind of a sultry start off. Thank you. Um, How are you? I was really talking about my myself, but you're welcome. I'm good. I just want to say that I feel like I woke up this morning. I looked in the mirror and I thought, you are disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. I sleep on my face. I don't know how you sleep, but I sleep literally on my face, face down into the pillow. Ugh. And I wake up with completely misshapen features and my hair going in completely strange directions. I actually don't know how you sleep face down. I think it's so alarming that you do that. I sleep face down like a mummy on its stomach with my hands underneath my breasts, if we're just going to be honest Whoa. right now. Hands underneath. You look like, like, like not underneath I guess they're more underneath my shoulders, but crossed. It's so weird to me that you sleep like that. I've seen it only a few times, fortunately. And it's so strange. It really well, looks like Sleep of the Dead. It's very disturbing to me because I came in this morning, we went and got Starbucks, still looking like hell, no brushed teeth. This whole situation was appalling. I come mm-hmm. in and there's Wyatt sitting at the kitchen counter um, on his laptop and you know, I just walked right past Wyatt looking like right. trash, not caring. And so then I'm, I come back into the hallway and I hear Wyatt's voice upstairs. Mm-hmm. Shivers run down my spine. I realize I've not just walked past Wyatt. I walked past Kagan <gasps> who's actually awake <sighs> right now looking like the clown that I am. And you know what I thought Chandler? What? I had, I thought, He's already bought he he kind of already bought the goods. Mm-hmm. So you might as well let him check beneath the hood at this point. Is it wrong to say that I do feel like an engagement ring is an insurance policy on my relationship? No, it's not wrong at all. In fact, I, I feel like that engagement ring has that insurance policy has already been extended to me. I'm going to let the listeners in on something that happened on Sunday that I'm not proud of. Something I don't do basically ever, but I literally accidentally farted in front of Kagan. <laughs> Lauren was asleep like guys I don't I'm not I actually truly I'm not saying this to be annoying I actually do not pass gas if you will I'm not a gassy person And what I'll say is that essentially it's been a weekend of foods that I'm not typically used to. I mean, indulgent foods. And Lauren was asleep in the front seat and I accidentally farted in front of Kagan and he didn't say anything. But I had this moment where I'm like, you've already bought Lauren an engagement ring. You guys are already together. Your wagons are basically hitched. Welcome Mm -hmm. to the family. Totally. I just feel like He's going to look at me, looking like trash in the morning, look at my farty sister, and just think, (laughs) you know what? I'm already some G's into this shiz. It's cheaper to keep her. Just stick with it. Just keep your head down. Let's just try to at least maximize the dollars. It's a cost-benefit analysis. He's just going to look at me, and he's going to tell his accountant, she's a (laughs) non-performing asset, but I still want to keep her on the books. (laughs) And you know what? I appreciate that cute a love a modern love story a modern love story it's just when you're traveling and you just feel like you're eating every food around you yeah and you feel like so bloated and disgusting and you're also your digestion is off oh i know this feeling very well and i have a looming camping trip this weekend and somehow i'm supposed to be like a sprightly sporty sprightly sporty young enthusiastic fun outdoorsy fiance. Oh, my gosh. None of that is happening. It's half the reason I'm not going to go with you guys. Is because I'm just not feeling young and sporty. Can I tell you actually the most annoying thing about this van situation? What? Well, the, do the listeners know situation? about the van situation? Okay. Kagan is all hot on getting a van, buying a van for the two of us to camp in. Because one of the, most, the best things about Kagan is his passion for convenience he loves seamless experiences and convenience right right so for him he does not want to have to go camping and then set up a tent and do all this work once he gets there he just wants to have a van and he wants to pull up somewhere and have it be really easy
1: right ready to go Um,
0: plug and play ready to go plug and play so he's super intent on getting a van and i have said I, this sounds really fun to me. I love the idea of just being able to drive and to go to random places all the time. This sounds really fun to me. I used to have a, a pretty granola past. Like, I have been crunchy in my past. Is that accurate? I think you slept in a car for, yeah, a while. Okay. I never slept in a car. When you and, when you and your ex boyfriend, who will remain nameless, would go camping, did you ever sleep in the car? Okay, when you say you slept in a car for a while, it makes you sound homeless. (laughs) So let's just not. There's anything wrong with that, but I just want to be a little more. Yes, I never had to sleep in a car, and no, when I was dating my ex boyfriend, and I had a home of my own, or I rented a room in Provo, um, basically homeless. But (laughs) when I was at BYU, my ex boyfriend and I, we would go camping, and he would literally throw out a tarp, and we would sleep in sleeping bags, no tent. I mean, no tent, no tent, Chandler. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. So I know how to be crunchy. I've canyoneered many times. I've multi-pitch climbed. I've done the thing. I know how to, you know, wear your Tevas or whatever they're called. and Chacos. Wear your Chacos. I know how to scramble. And so Kagan has the gall to tell me. Last week, he says, you know, I don't like in a van. And I was like, why? And he was like, I just don't think you're that excited about it. (gasps) Like you're not showing enough enthusiasm about the van. He's already acting like Ah. I am the prissy girlfriend who is not crunchy enough. How dare he? How dare he? I literally looked at him with death in my eyes, daggers shooting out from my eyes. And I was like, excuse me. I have only been positive about this. What am I supposed to do? Do I Am I supposed to have a vision board of oh vans? Gosh. Are you supposed to come home and I'm literally gluing cutouts of vans onto like, poster board from Michael's with just stars in my eyes? And am I supposed to just be like pre- comparing the pros and cons of I mean, the Nissan or the Mercedes Sprinter? <laughs> like, what do you want from me? I think he wanted you to like derail my birthday dinner with the talk of the van. I Yeah, I think he just had bigger expectations. Out of your I, enthusiasm. It gave me PTSD because I one once had one ex boyfriend tell me that one of his big complaints with me was that I wasn't pushing him enough as an outdoorsman. Oh my gosh! Yes. This was I dated this guy. He was a geologist. He's actually a wonderful, sweet boy. But This he, is the same TARP situation, correct? This is the TARP situation. His name is Matt. I dated Matt. Um, I can just talk about it. He's chill. I adored Matt. Matt was wonderful. But we did not jive lifestyle-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted to camp every other weekend. I wanted to camp once every six weeks, maximum. And one day, he has the gall to look at me and tell me. He has the audacity uh, to tell me. That I was not pushing him enough as an outdoorsman. I've had similar complaints with you, though. So I will say you don't truly really push people to be better outdoorsmen. No. I, this I is a no, fatal flaw of yours. Something you I need have to reckon with. Listen, I have no interest in you being an, um, the guy I'm with being in an outdoorsman. I have interest in you looking hot and maybe, <laughs> rugged. Seem, maybe seeming rugged. But guess what? I'd rather you know how to make money, then know how to make a fire. Okay. (laughs) Money is the fire of our generation. I'm ready to say it. I'm ready to be honest. And yes. So I looked at Kagan with death in my eyes and he started laughing and he said he was just, you know, teasing me and that he's, we're really not getting a van because he is dead serious that we're moving to Puerto Rico, uh, March of 2021, which is like six months away. So- Wait, why, what does the van have to do, though, with you guys moving to Puerto Rico? Because if we move to Puerto Rico, how are we going to get the van there? Uh, oh, I mean, he was going to, like, buy it. I thought I thought this was all for the weekend, for renting no, it. No, this is for buying a van. Right, right. Wow. So, anyway, it's a diatribe. But, yeah. <sighs> I ruined the van dreams and also announcing we're moving to Puerto Rico. Here's the thing. I'm just glad being outdoorsy is not like anyone in our family's personality because on the apps i do feel like being outdoorsy is uh, a common personality people think they have and it's not being outdoorsy is not a personality hammocking not a personality slacklining not a personality camping not no. a personality i think an outdoor aesthetic is a is an excuse Gorgeous. to not grow up in your life mm. uh, yes <laughs> Totally. An outdoor aesthetic is just a way of saying I'm pushing off adulthood. Right, adulthood. Living I don't in have band. it together. I don't have it together. I'm refusing to contribute to com- the community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And an outdoor aesthetic really, it honestly is like a surrogate for a real personality and real interests. It totally is. And I think, yeah, it's, I think you're 100% right. And I'm just glad that none of us, you know, push ourselves to be better outdoorsmen because, frankly, I don't want it. I mean, you know what's funny? I have actually – I do like being outdoors. I used to only like being indoors, but then within the past few years, I've actually grown to, like, being outdoors mm-hmm. and experiencing the elements. And because because I don't like it, I like it in, like, a 30% capacity. 70% of the time, I like to be indoors in a climate-controlled area. Mm-hmm. 30% of the time, I like being not being in total control of my temperature and being outside. Like on a seated patio. On a seated patio 30%. with a heater. Yes. Blanket. Like seated, by the way. I don't like to be standing or you know, any sort of exertion. Standing patios are tough. Standing patios are the worst. Like a bar top table, pass. I need a right. bar stool. Yeah. I'm on aging. The floor. Anyways, but I feel like people do not accept thirty percent outdoorsmen outdoors women like myself like you either have to be all in or you're like some sort of fraud like even when I go camping or do anything remotely outdoorsy now my friends are like oh she's outdoorsy and it's like I just like to do it a little bit okay I don't want to fully dive into the outdoor experience I never want to be that person no there's something just very unsettling about someone who's just obsessed with like trails Mm -hmm. and mountainsides dirt and yeah it's just to me this is what I want to say. I love the outdoors. I can say that I'm outdoorsy. I just don't like to spend the majority of my waking hours in the outdoors. I don't either. It's incredibly aging. Even when I'm like walking down the street, I'm just thinking, gosh, I would look so much younger if I just decided not to go on this walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I don't, I would prefer to just stay inside at all times. I Or how about this? Enjoying the outdoors from the indoors. Let's go on a drive. Let's sit love inside our house and look at the mountains. I love a drive. I love enjoying the great outdoors from behind a, a glass pane. That exactly. to me is romantic. It's stunning, uh, especially if it's a tinted window, less mm-hmm. UV exposure. With a hat on. With a hat, with gloves. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, wish me luck. We're going camping this weekend, and I have to somehow clear up my digestive digestive issues and be like hot and sprightly, oh. so that Kagan K- once again doesn't rethink this relationship and this engagement. Camping's only going to accentuate those digestive issues, FYI. So I, buckle what, in. Are you? Do you want me to get a divorce before I'm even married? <laughs> of course not. That was an evil laugh and an evil. Of course not. <laughs> Okay, you're a messed up person. Do you have anything to report going on? What's going on? Yes, Lauren, I do have things to report on. As if 2020 couldn't already get worse, as if this year wasn't already just a flaming dumpster fire, this morning, Dorinda has announced her departure from Real Housewives of New York City. It is news that shook the nation. I actually think they have paused all political campaigns. They mm-hmm. paused all like testing for the c- coronavirus. They paused everything, so totally. that the nation can actually mourn this national tragedy. Right. The flags are at half mast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Dry um, cleaners across the nation have closed their doors for the day. In 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 solitude with Madame Claudette's. Sorry, listeners, if this is a little niche for you, Madame Claudette or Madame Pauline, whatever old person name it is, it's the name of John's dry cleaning service in New York City. John, uh, was Dorinda's uh, ex-lover. Chandler, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. Let's hear them. Okay. I want to say that I wish Dorinda had not fallen into the same trap, which is that she pretended she wasn't fired and said she was leaving. I know. I think it's not a good look. It's not a good look because we all know you were fired. Right. There have been four housewives in the history of the franchise who have left of their own volition. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're talking Bethany Frankel. Mm -hmm. We're talking Lisa Vanderpump. Mm -hmm. We're talking Lori Peterson from Real Housewives of OC. Throwback. Throwback. And we're talking Tinsley Mortimer. Two of those left for Lori married uh, George. This is going way back, but Lori married George, Tinsley married Scott, so they both left to have stable relationships. Major props to that. Totally. Or to have rich relationships, basically. Major props to that. Yeah. And then LVP obviously left because the heat just got too hot for her. Goodbye. She couldn't handle being the villain. Goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. Yes. And Bethany left because she just didn't need it anymore, and it was very obvious that they all left. But everyone else has been fired when they've left. Unless there's a very obvious reason why they would leave the franchise, Mm -hmm. they're not leaving of their own volition. And Dorinda also, she loves being famous. She goes on podcasts, which Mm -hmm. is wonderful, Mm -hmm. obviously. She does cameos. The thirst is so real with her in a wonderful way. In a wonderful way. I feel like, as mom always says, a man doesn't leave unless there's another ship in the harbor. Like a housewife does not leave of her own volition unless there's another proverbial ship in the harbor. Mm -hmm. They only leave if there's something else that they're stepping toward or they're really running away for something and it's the hugest storyline everyone understands mm-hmm. so anyway i just wish dorinda had said i wasn't renewed and just was honest about it i think that would be more flattering like i remember when heather DuBRO pretended she wanted to go spend more time with her family Aww. when tamra judge oh i think you know what tamra judge was actually forthcoming about the fact that she was fired so wild it's going to be a completely new landscape next year with these new seasons can i I want to tell you this. I want to tell you something. I tell had multiple this. people reach out in the DMs mm-hmm. and say that they want an entire new cast for New York. Really? Here's what yes. I'm going to say. If we can just get into it. I love Dorinda. I actually would prefer to keep Dorinda and lose uh, Luann, which is where we differ. I've been thinking a lot about this because we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like I'd be fine with Luann as a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think you're right. I think that a lot of people feel like we've seen it all. We've seen it all with Sonia. We've seen it all with Ramona right. and all with Luann. It's kind of tired and it's the same stuff I over think, and over. I don't know if it's like this for you, but I think now there are tropes of getting way too plastered and making a fool of themselves. And I'm mainly speaking to Sonia. Um, yeah. Now it just truly feels sad. It's like, oh, this is a person who has a very broken relationship with alcohol. And now we're just totally – like you've said, we've seen it all. And it's like how many – I don't know. How much more can we get from you before it's just like this – we're just seeing a a plane crash happen on live TV? Yeah. Yeah, I have so many like fond memories of watching Sonia and Ramona completely plastered. But I think on some level there isn't any new sloppiness to enjoy. It's kind of the same sloppiness. I think one thing as well is that – I think for for Sonia, I even say Sonia, like I take Dorinda over Sonia because here's what's really depressing. I don't like seeing Sonia struggle to come up with rent money. I really have a hard time watching that happen. I think seeing an older person who at one time had a lot of money and who's now trying to make ends meet and like living in their daughter's apartment, like it's just actually a little too depressing and doesn't provide me the escapism that I typically, you know, search for in Real Housewives. So you so you don't want to see Sonia struggle, so you want her to lose her job. Yes. So she's off TV. <laughs> so I she's just... struggling in, in, in uh, silence. In silence. Okay. As long as we're clear. Yes, Lauren, that is correct. Okay, perfect. I want to say also, people, I know I'm contradicting myself on what I said on the stories, but I got a lot of responses to those stories that really made me think. And if there was a new crop of super wealthy New Yorkers that I could watch – I would honestly very much enjoy it. Just think about how much Leah has like given new life to the series. Yeah, it's true. It's it, true. And I, mean, I I hate ageism. I hate it, folks. I don't like it. It's big in my industry. But it's true. It's, it's real. Not, it's not about age because I don't think Leah – I don't think I care that much about Leah's youth. but I Yeah, do you're right. But I think it's just the new blood. It's seeing new people, new relationships and new dynamics Mm -hmm. and new family dynasties. Like that is really fun. And we've just, yeah, we've seen it all with these legacy housewives. And I think after people brought that up, I was like, you know what? You're right. I would be more excited for some fresh blood. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh blood, baby. (laughs) She's carnivorous, folks. Chan- now that we've dissected the the Roni news, should we... We've covered Roni. We're going to cut to the interview with our sister, our dearly beloved sister who's letting us stay with her. And I would say this episode gets you know more into the heart of some of our lives and personal philosophies. It's a yeah. little more serious. We talk about the trials and tribulations and the beauty of growing up Mormon and just how uh, our... How it's uh, shaped our outlooks now. Yeah. The effects it has on us as adults. And I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, yeah, we hope you all like it. If not, don't leave us a review. If, if you don't like it, don't let us know. Yeah, no feedback. No feedback okay. needed. Thank you. You know, it's been a hot summer day. And the only thing that really sounds good is a Mike's Heart lemonade. Oh, my God. Oh, really? You want to bring that up? You have to up, tell Chandler? this story. You have to tell this story. Okay, well, since, since many of the sisters are here, I might as well tell a tale from our childhood. So um, I was 10 years old. I was a good Mormon girl. Wait, and... Lauren, when were you ever a good Mormon girl? Mm-hmm, when? Uh, I, when I was 10. That's basically okay. what okay. it ended.
1: Yeah, 11 was <laughs> a rough my... year for you.
0: Yeah, um, but back in the back in the good old days, I was babysitting for a family friend, and they were not Mormon, no judgment there, Um, and I was at their house and I, and the baby was asleep and I was just watching TV and I thought I would love a refreshing beverage that would be delicious. And so I went into their garage and I went into their fridge and there was Coca-Cola and there was lemonade available to drink. And I, I... Being a good Mormon girl, chose the virtuous choice. I chose the lemonade because I don't drink caffeine. Excuse me, I don't drink Coke. Um, never had. That was all. She never drink. would. Yep. Yeah.
1: This is basically um, a story about the beverages Lauren didn't drink, and now how they become the beverages she exclusively drinks.
0: She only drinks. Um. Wait. <laughs> let's um, pause. Hey don't. I've never drank Marks' our lemonade. I'm just going to say that since this event, but. <sighs> Wait, pause really quick. Let's give some context. Did any of us, when was the first time y'all tried Diet Coke? Because for me, it was when I was 18.
1: Yeah, it was, I was probably in high school for sure. But I so weird, I- that's like the main contraband in our life. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, us having a sip of Diet Coke would have like broken our mother's heart.
0: Totally oh there would have been tears there would have been tears tears. Mm -hmm. genuine
1: tears if your mom had a 32 ounce -er of Diet Coke truly until I was in college I couldn't drink Diet Coke in the open in front of my mom
0: I remember going to like birthday parties and just seeing that there was like a two liter bottle of Coke and Diet Coke and just being crestfallen like this is a lost and fallen world yeah I know and just I guess I'm just gonna have to drink water at this party I remember when we were when I was probably eighteen, I got a liter or not a liter, a twelve pack of Diet Cola. It was like the off brand, not Coke, caffeine free cherry Diet Cola, and I put it in the outside fridge, in the fridge in our garage, okay. and there were tears. There a definite uh, upheaval ensued. Let's just put it that way. The Diet Cola was trashed. Without mm-hmm. having been drunk, I think the words appearance of evil were uttered. Oh, a thousand percent, they were. Yeah.
1: It was, it was an interesting.
0: So, for some context as to why Lauren did not drink the Coke in said fridge, yeah, Coke was contraband. Coke was completely off limits in our family. And so I chose the lemonade. I had no concept of. Alcohol, let alone alcoholic lemonade. This is something I don't understand. I didn't know what the word, I didn't know hard had any sort of meaning when it came to liquids. So <laughs> I grab a Mike's Hard Lemonade from the fridge. I go back into the into their house, and I am watching Disney Channel. I'm pretty sure I'm watching Lizzie McGuire. With my, my pop, my Mike's Hard Lemonade, just sipping that thing. I noticed it tasted bitter. I will say that it was a it was like one of the worst lemonades I've ever had in my life. But nonetheless, you, can, you continue to nurse it. None, nonetheless, I nursed that thing down, and then I went for another.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> so I'm so then at this point now, I'm one and a half Mike's Hard Lemonades deep. When I'm reading on the bottle, and I'm reading, and it says 4.5% Alk slash vol. And I'm like, Alk slash vol? What does that mean? Elk slash vol. And then it just clicked for me that it was alcohol and volume. I don't know, hooked on phonics, really paid off or whatever. And <laughs> and I had a mental breakdown. I was like, God will never <gasps> forgive me. I've come I drank alcohol. Cause you know, I thought, oh, I'll go with my whole life without drinking alcohol. So like I have lost my alcohol virginity and there's no getting it back. I am completely tainted. I was so disturbed. I called mom sobbing. Uh, tipsy and sobbing as a ten year old. So mom comes over to the house that I was drink- that I was drinking at and that I was babysitting at as a ten year old. And it was so funny because mom called our oldest sister Ashley. I'm not sure why she thought Ashley would be an expert in like childhood alcoholism. Alcoholism, yeah. But childhood uh tipsiness. But <laughs> so she comes well, over I actually and I think she just called like Ashley just to like she was like this is what's going on tonight oh yeah maybe that's it so Ashley though she's like how much is she drinking how much is she drinking and my mom's like almost two and she's like oh my gosh she's gonna be drunk as a skunk <laughs> I remember that vividly I remember hearing that vividly <gasps> and being petrified and Ashley's like you have to get her a bunch of food have her drink a bunch of water oh my gosh so and and wait then, do not no, I don't. I just remember, I don't remember feeling like in any way different. I just remember feeling really scared and Sad, just guilty. So. Wait, Wait, do I'm you remember what I said? I don't. So while mom was on the phone to Ashley, me being sweet, naive, darling, perfect, all those <laughs> things, I,
1: I heard, I, I heard. For sure I didn't I care. Mom told me and I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> but me, I, I, in <laughs> the most sweet, uh, you know, I, uh. How do I say this? Spit it out! I spit it out. (laughs) I wanted to be there for you in whatever way I could and empathize, so I got on the phone and I said, "Lauren, one time I drank diet coke." (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) It's true. She did say that was that's a huge confession.
1: Funny. Mm
0: -hmm. You just wanted
1: mom to know that both of her daughters were sinners.
0: Sorry. Sorry about it. I mean. Luckily, I think mom saw that the error of my ways was completely uh, not of my own volition and I was spared any sort of punishment or shaming. And but in the moments before she came over, I definitely was the fear of God was in me. Not because of mom, but honestly because of God himself. <laughs> cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern. So you can just hang your gallery wall, and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. earlybirdcbd.com, POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. earlybirdcbd.com.
1: Honestly, Lauren, you were such a good little girl.
0: Yeah, I really was. Does that actually scare you, Courtney? Because I was a pristine child until about the age of 12 when it all went downhill.
1: Oh, and you're, I remember, you're still a good girl.
0: Yeah, I, I was always was a good kid, and I still am. Thank you. But I definitely like bega- became much more of a I contrarian. Mean, but I don't think James has anything serious to rebel against. No. Definitely not. And I think also, Lauren, what scares me most for James is that I just hope James goes through less of a Damien Rice phase. That's all. That's, that would be my, my only hope for James. Yeah. I hope she doesn't have 10 years of solid angst, angst in her as but well. Does, uh, like, having something to fight against with your
1: parents make you interesting? Does that give you a better personality? I think
0: it bonds you to your siblings more.
1: Yeah, it's probably true. But also, I don't know. I don't I know. know. It's a, it is an interesting thing to think about as a parent. Like, how much grief should your kids like endure that's like harmless and mild
0: it's interesting because I I look back on growing up Mormon and as being like I I was not into it from a very young age and I remember being in high school and getting coffee every day after seminary and this was like the deepest Like the, like I was such a rebel every day getting that coffee. I didn't have to do Coke. I didn't have to smoke weed. All I do is get coffee. And I was already as rebellious as it got. Like I had the thrill. I had the Mm -hmm. high already. And part of me does wonder like if you're such a, like if you don't have all these crazy rules, do your kids, they're going to want to push some sort of boundaries, right? Do you create tighter boundaries just so when they push against them, they're not pushing a bar. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a buffer. I don't think so. Yeah, don't no, think so. I think that
1: your children need to feel like their parents are a safe place, and that is like a huge priority for me. And I think mm-hmm. particularly because my oldest has like a personality like James, which is basically an earth angel, and she like doesn't want anyone to feel sad, or she just really likes to be a, and like sometimes even Wyatt and I are like nervous that she like likes to be too perfect, or she's like too wrapped up in feeling like mm-hmm. she's being perfect. But I just want my kids to feel like I'm not trying to change them. If my child is drinking in high school, is that going to be a problem? Absolutely. If my child is like disrespectful to other adults, that's absolutely a problem. Yeah. I am not quite as interested in dictating who my children turn out to be.
0: Yeah. Like so the, the guess-
1: solid, stable life family structure. That If that is what they want, of course I want that. But if my child doesn't want to get married, if they don't want to have kids, there's just it's a lot more open-ended for me.
0: I just kind of feel like, what if you just talk to your children completely openly and we're like,
1: totally. this is
0: what, like, you don't want to, it's not that you don't, it's not that drinking in high school is going to be so terrible, it's going to ruin your life, but it's like the thing, the choices you can make while you're drunk that it's not, they won't ruin your life necessarily, but, but they could, they could. They could. They, they could ruin your life, but they also could just be really damaging. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's I guess the the yeah. approach I would want to take. Like just being completely open and just having the honest discourse. You know, I think it's super important to yeah to ex- to m- what measure out and and to explain like the serious consequences of some of those choices because I don't think as a high schooler you fully understand them at all or you think you do but you really don't. That's one thing I want to say. Also, I just think that kids. Come the way they are, and it just is a toss up with every new kid. Some kids are just going to rebel because they're just going to rebel, and it doesn't matter how open minded and safe their parents are. Like they just want to be a contrarian. And then I think some kids are just like more happy to just follow the rules and don't need that, don't desire to like rebel against their parents as much.
1: I just think with like my oldest two children, they have such completely different personalities that like parenting them the same way will just never work. And so it is like an interesting strategy that like one size does not at all, totally basically, yeah. ever with your kids. And I think that's what's interesting about like having a religious upbringing is that maybe there's less space for that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely tricky. Well, and it's hard just like as in a family dynamic to have your siblings be parented differently. Yeah. I will say I was sitting in a group of friends recently and they were all had secular upbringings or relatively secular and they didn't have strict religious upbringings like we did. And the things they told me, like these are women with ed- with master's degrees, they work in tech, in SF, like these are oh. solid people. And literally like the things they told me they did at 14 and 15 years old, I was shocked like I didn't realize to be honest with you like what a late bloomer I really was or not even late bloomer but just like what a Puritan I was as a kid comparatively it was and yeah. I don't say that with any judgment I just was shocked I was like I thought kids that did that that young like had major issues as adults so on some level it kind of gives you hope that like whatever your kids experiment with they're likely just going to turn out just the way they would have
1: yeah I think that's a really good point and like You do save your child some exposure if the, like the tendency to be addicted to something, Mm -hmm. even, even like a love addiction, a sex addiction, like all of those more like micro, I guess I I can't say micro, but like any sort of like tendency they're going to have to be like, compulsive about a behavior, if you can get them through their teenage years without doing it, there is a level of safety. But I think you're right, Lauren.
0: Totally. I think think those types of experiences introduce you to very big and at times dark emotions. And so if Mm -hmm. you can keep your kids from feeling that heaviness of life and emotions, like until they're like a little bit better able to handle it um, as they get older, like then I think that is like best practice. But that being said, kids are going to do what they're going to do and they're going to be just fine. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, totally. I will just say as the favorite child, oh my um, someone who literally was perfect in high school, like I, yeah, I turned out just fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you really did. Honestly, I, yeah. Chandler, you were, you had, I think you were the most like idyllic child for like our parents to, to have in high school. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true, Chan. You basically like didn't cause any strife at all whatsoever yeah no I think the only thing I the only thing I seriously ever got in trouble for was I stayed I didn't realize that I had a curfew and I stayed at Alex's house until 3 a.m just I don't know watching tv or something doing something stupid and mom was like you have a curfew technically right you can't just stay at someone's house on a weeknight (laughs) till 3 a.m and yeah and I don't even think I got my phone taken away I remember being in seventh grade and sneaking a bikini to the beach. Yes. Which was like my big the big thing I did. And I snuck I wore the bikini. I came home. No one knew. But I mistakenly didn't put on sunscreen. So when mom accident no, like mom like saw was were you there for it too Corey? I think this happened to me too. Oh really? So mom yeah. saw your sunburn uh. in their like tan <gasps> stomach and it was like Yeah. Uh, That was actually funny because I remember mom's reaction was just sadness and I didn't even get punished. Like, I disappointed her so deeply.
1: I freaking, it's coming out now, I freaking lied and said I'd gone tanning. That was the better alternative for me, was to say that. that, And that's the problem for me is that has created, that has actually shaped my personality. Because
0: your ability to lie. My ability to lie.
1: (laughs) No, I truly feel something to me like wearing a bikini was so harmless and I wanted it so bad. Yeah. That I just feel like the minute I got freedom to do stuff like that, yeah, it like was so hard for me to go back to any of those rules.
0: Don't you think, Courtney? There's like a level of, as an adult, you can never recreate the feeling of being like a 16 year old wearing a bikini on a beach when you shouldn't be. Like yeah. the level, the high you the get high. from that, it's exhilarating. I would do anything I guys to be like, oh, I didn't wear a bikini until the summer after my freshman year of college the only like the closest thing I come to a bikini was like a tankini that wasn't like literally shown to bottoms which <laughs> is just <laughs> a one oh yeah you got
1: to wear tankinis
0: and I just remember the feeling of water on my stomach and like it feeling like the sexiest possible thing oh, like <laughs> for sure I wore a bikini to the beach my summer after my freshman year of college and someone from my ward told on me told mom about it yeah that was classic cool. mm-hmm. and it caused like this a huge thing to say the least.
1: I don't know. Like this does this podcast doesn't need to be about like our religious upbringing, but you know, it was just like church. Like being Mormon was like such a was so important to our mom, and is still so important and to our parents. I guess I should say. And it just it, – it's interesting as a parent that, like, the things that are important to you, that you try to teach your children are important. Like, it's just – those are hard languages to speak, and they're hard translations to make, and it doesn't always translate. Yeah. Honestly, as a parent, though, you actually start to understand, like, how much your parents just love you and only wanted the best for you. So I have no, no ill will towards any of it. Yeah. If anything, it just makes me see, like, what – like – extraordinary measures like my parents were willing to go to, to like guarantee that I had like a happy, safe life.
0: Totally. It's interesting. I obviously am not Mormon and haven't been for since I was 13 years old. But I would say that even though I'm not practicing or I don't believe in it, I feel like my values are so Mormon. Totally. Like I'm such a traditional person. I feel like I, I just idolize and love family life and I want to be a mother and I like, I just love stability and like the nuclear family and my values really align so much with Mormonism. And I I see the value there. And I think the community is so incredible.
1: I agree. And truthfully, like I'm more Mormon than anything else. That's what's so hard for me with this question. Because I get this a lot on Instagram. People are like, are you Mormon? Are you Mormon? And my first instinct is always to say yes. But I don't think Mormons consider me Mormon. Totally, totally. Which is fair and totally not saying that's an inappropriate response. But like, that's all I know is Mormonism. And that's like all I can reference.
0: It's like a layer of skin that I feel like I'll never be able to shed. It's just like my heritage. It's my family. It still is me in so many ways. You guys, cutting
1: fresh off the cutting room floor, Ramona removed hashtag Roni from her bio. (gasps) What? Yeah. My Kelsey, friend of the podcast, just barely sent this to me.
0: Is she, are they too, is Bravo like cleaning house right now?
1: I have no idea.
0: What? This is nuts. What? So Ramona's done too.
1: I wonder. It's gotta be. Nothing's in the news yet. This is just a Twitter story I got sent.
0: What? Courtney, this is hot off the press. Thank you. Bringing us back to the content people care about. Yeah, exactly what really matters. (laughs)
1: I know. Sorry. You guys, we can start that when you edit. Just be like, skip forward 15 minutes if you don't care yeah. about... our or like religious raise. Like
0: unpacking.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, but Ramona's my gosh. out. It's crazy. Hold on. Can we talk about Selling Sunset?
0: Please. Chandler doesn't watch. So Chandler sorry, can just, I don't know. How much I'll go in. on mute. I'll just, I don't know, scroll through like Daily Mail. Chandler, it's a fantastic show. Uh, that's like, what I've heard. I think I have to get into it. I'm just like... I'm just reluctant, but I love every single show you've ever recommended to me.
1: It really is. I didn't think it would be that good, and I fall asleep to it every single night.
0: If you had to go to lunch with one of the cast members of Selling Sunset, who would you go to lunch with? I, okay. You can pick any of them.
1: I am not into Christine. I'm just going to say, I think Christine is like the opposite vibe I'm going for in life, although I do respect her as a person. What's her
0: vibe? And what? A yellow car
1: is the opposite of my vibe. Life. Yeah, I just feel like she's so pretty but she's so severe her look is so severe it just is not appealing to me I don't know because I, you
0: guys but I will say you like a statement look you like you definitely are a glamorous woman and but make a statement uh,
1: in neutrals
0: yeah so her aesthetic isn't your aesthetic
1: and her personality like yeah. I'm just not interested in the person who's like trying to be as confrontational as possible
0: I agree with you. And when I was first watching, I was very anti-Christine, but then I had this moment of, of awakening and I realized that there really isn't, wouldn't be a show without Christine. Totally. Otherwise it would just be so boring. Like Christine is, the show is Christine.
1: Mm -hmm. You're absolutely
0: right. Do you think she wears extensions? Yes. Hair extensions. You don't think that's her real hair? Maybe
1: in some scenes, but I definitely think that Anything that can be like the the hair that
0: goes to her low waist is that her real hair or is that extensions? That's what I want to know.
1: That's definitely enhanced by extensions.
0: Okay, that makes me feel better because I do. I actually, if we're just going to talk her look really quick, I want to say that her porcelain skin I've never seen someone look so stunning rocking porcelain skin.
1: I like don't, don't, it's not that I disagree with you every time I look at her. yeah. Her skin is beautiful and she's a beautiful girl. Her look is just so intense to me. It's just, I think I just yeah. like things that are like way more
0: soft. To- totally. Same. Yeah. I'm not trying to wear a feather boa to Pizzeria 712 tonight. I was just curious about, <laughs> I can just appreciate the look for what it is.
1: I think in LA, you have to do a lot of things like that if you're going to make a statement because everyone yeah. there is like capable of making some sort of statement.
0: Everyone's
1: Maya is the best. Maya is the one who I would be friends with.
0: Yeah, totally. She's the most real. So Ma- most you'd want to go to lunch with sure. Maya. Yes. Why is this show good? Give me like this. Just sell it to me for like, a little bit. I already did, Chandler. I already did a whole spiel on the show on this on the pod. Um, because so you no, know, I just feel like you didn't sell me well enough. I remember you just talking about like just sexy outfits, fun lunches, beautiful houses. Like, what is so good about the drama? I guess is maybe my question.
1: The drama is based around some, there's, there is castmate drama, which is entertaining, but like the most fun drama is just like, are these people going to buy this $6 million house or not? Which nothing is easier to fall asleep to at night than something like that. Like when you've like seen how many people in the U.S. have died of coronavirus and like where people are rioting and protesting, like there is like something amazing about literally going to La land and just like mentally diving into what a rich people worry about when they're right. buying. What
0: type of infinity pool like looks best?
1: Yes. Is this like the last thing I saw I was like does this garage fit 12 cars?
0: <laughs> that's oh, that's a, real... a fantastic problem to have. There exactly. is a lot of stuff online that a lot of it's fake. Like there's this one TikTok where this girl was showing that she lived in one of the houses that they pulled up to and said that Said that like they were supposed to show it, and Christine was like, "My clients in Europe, and unfortunately, we can't open it right now." And then the girl was. Yeah, I remember that. Did you see that? And the girl's like, "This is my house. This is yeah." Some girl on TikTok was like showing a video, and she's like, "This is my house. I have no clue who these people are." Like, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's totally fake. Wow. Chrissy
1: Teigen says she like extensively asked around, and she says that no one she knows knows any of them, which. I don't know. It's
0: in yeah. I've done a little bit of a deep dive, and they do seem like legit real estate agents. Christine, I know, has worked for the Oppenheim Group for five years, so I actually think they all were like legit agents, and they all are on have their MLS licenses and all that, and have for years. So I don't know if I don't I mean, know about that far, but is it is being a real estate agent like that hard of a gig to get? Is it? I think actually being a real estate agent is really tough because you have vacation. I think you, it's a hard test to pass. And then really? you have to basically, yeah, it's not the bar. Okay. It's not the MCAT, yeah. but it's a test, Chant. You have to study for it. And I think that you have to work as a real, unless you have like intense connections, you have to basically just hustle for a couple of years and make no money. It's yeah, money. that's true. That's true. It's really is all the connections and referrals, which is like very hard. So you have to if you have to drum all that up on your own, it takes years to get off the ground. And like most people, they can't work full time on their real estate job that's making no money. So
1: yeah, you heard it here first.
0: All right. I heard it. I heard it. Uh, Guys, uh, Lauren, should we do reviews? Because I think we owe that to our listeners, this re- our darling reviews. Thank you to everyone who you know came out in support after we basically were despondent about the podcast and the amount of debt we're going into for it. We really appreciate everyone who Venmoed. Shout out Alex. I don't think anyone else Venmoed though, so I would like to see more dedication from the fans next time we're in a crisis. I, I definitely I think fans is a generous word. I would probably call them a listeners, listeners, listeners. and maybe and like honestly Sorry. charitable supporters in spirit. Like, more like close family and friends. Yes, absolutely. But I think that there's an outpouring of love because they heard the desperation in our voices a few episodes yep. back. And so we have a hot eight new reviews to read. Thank you guys. Uh, it's like ugh, beyond blush. It's stunning. The The last eight people who hadn't left a review were finally moved to do so. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And this will probably be the final reviews we ever get on the pod. So yeah. these are the last reviews we're ever reading or In that conclusion. we'll ever have. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm going to yes, start us off. you want to take because, the first one? Yes. Uh, one of my writer dies. This review is entitled Like Fine China and it's by Mad Woods. Uh, Mad Woods, y'all, if you remember, she's my connection to Spencer Pratt, hashtag Pratt Daddy. Okay, so her review n- entitled Like Fine China. Chris Brown put it perfectly. Pop apologist, you're irreplaceable, a collectible, just like fine china. I can't get enough. Not only does this podcast make me forget all my worries, it has me laughing out loud, leaving the people in the streets of New York worried for my sanity. Love my pop apologists. Oh, and thank you for my shout out regarding hashtag Spencer Pratt. M Woods Love you, truly. M. Woods and I, at one point in our lives, filmed a music video to American Girls, and that's on YouTube. So maybe it's time to you know resurrect that horrendous video of us in college. Love you. Thank you. M. Woods, Mad Woods, love you. Um, just want to say that don't leave the people in the streets of New York worried for your sanity. Leave them with a hearty recommendation that they also listen to the pod. So please approach some strangers. That's what I would ask. Love you. Please. Okay, I'll read the next one. It's by um, Sam Spamela. Great Gals is the title. From the rundown of this week's pop culture must-knows to their personal stories, these gals know how to tell a story. I often laugh out loud and I'm always better informed on the critical news after e- listening each week. I love their recaps on even the shows I don't watch. Keep it coming, pop apologists. Oh, thank you so much. We feel like we are the Dan Rathers and the... Um... Barbara Walters of our time with the news that we're bringing you. But you can basically just forego your subscription to the New York Times Wall and Journal. just subscribe to Pop Apologists. We Get got you. We got you covered. Thanks. Thanks. Sam Sham Spamela. You're the best. Love you. You are the best. Okay. This next one, Nikki Campbell. One of my favorite podcasts. I look forward to Wednesdays now because of you both. I legit laugh out loud and love your sister relationship. The support, humor, and banter you all have with each other is so real and refreshing. I want to hear life lessons from Deb and all about your family dynamics. Chandler, you are beautiful and witty and hilarious too. Don't stop the podcast. Nikki, you don't know how much healing just took place with me reading that review because I've been struggling to recover after Lauren left herself a fake review, um, only calling out her (laughs) abilities on this podcast cast even though I knew it was fake it still did a number on me emotionally and I feel healed and whole thanks to you you did not know it was fake I fully got you guys two episodes back the end of the episode I left a fake review and had Chandler read it that basically just talked about how incredible I was and it's a moment of high comedy one of the best one of the best reviews I would say we've ever gotten and best moments of the pod not even close. Thank you, Nikki Campbell. Yeah, thanks, Nikki. So sweet and very nice of you to say those things about Chandler. Okay. Next title. Next review. Yes, by Amelia Taywit. I love Pop Apologists. It's so light and funny, and I feel like I'm just hanging out with Lauren and Chandler having a girl talk. They also have the best commentary on all things reality TV, music, and current pop culture, and I'm obsessed. Yay for Pop Apologists. Wow. All these reviews, Chandler, they just keep encouraging us to... Keep putting out our amateur podcast and I don't keep know up what with I'm the mediocrity. Truly, keep it up. <laughs> Chandler, all these reviews, they just are encouraging us to continue to throw our money down the drain and put out this mediocre podcast. But hey, I, I'm i here to do it. I'm happy to do it. Also, I think this is a pal from school, Taylor Whitlock. I've got a feeling, uh, a la Black Eye Peas. Um, so thanks for stopping by and leaving a review, truly. Miss you. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Tay Whitlock. Uh, okay. Hopefully Just... she didn't want to be anonymous. <laughs> okay. Next one, Hope Hale, left on August 13th, 2020. On Wednesdays, we listen to Bop apologists. Classic. Mean girl. Stunning. truly. This one says, I truly can't wait for Wednesdays to get here. Pop Apologist is such a great listen to hear about all the latest news and pop culture, along with some great banter and hilarious stories of their personal lives. Reminds me of being with my own sister and best friends, talking the ultimate girl talk with cozy blankets and popcorn in hand. Can't recommend this podcast enough. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Hope Hale. I truly appreciate it. I want you to know that I hope that the uh, hilarious stories of our personal lives doesn't have anything to do with how pathetic our personal lives are, but thank you. I appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you so much, Hope Pale. <laughs> I feel so weird addressing people by their Apple usernames, but um, <laughs> thank you so much, girl. I just wish you were cozyed up with a blanket and some popcorn with us someday. Seriously. We'll have a pop-apologist get together. Yeah. yeah. Convention, if you will.
1: A convention okay. sounds
0: great. The next one is Delightful. By Henderson, this podcast is everything a good podcast should be: witty, thoughtful, and fun. Consider me a lifetime listener. I love it. I love the concise. I love it. I love the concision. Is that a word? Precision? Mm, not. I don't think concision is a word. But the, yeah. this is a review of economy. Mm-hmm, it truly is, and I I really do appreciate it. And I think a lifetime listener. Are you sure you're ready to sign up for that sort of commitment? But if you are, I do have a billion year contract you can sign. Drawn up. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Absolutely. We'll just need to do an audit of your past, and yeah. then we can get that going. A credit card number, and then great—you're a lifetime listener. Welcome okay. aboard. Perfect. Welcome aboard to the Pop Apologist Org. <laughs> okay, this next review is by our one of our number ones, if not maybe our number one, our Michelle, number one, the Pop Apologist number one, truly our number one, Michelle Kennedy. Y'all should follow. She's great. It's entitled "Adopt Me." The pressure to make this a witty review is almost unbearable, but I just want more. Chan and Lauren are the epitome of cool. The girls you long to be friends with, smart, witty, hilarious, and effortlessly glamorous. In a stage of life where everyone around me is talking about sleep schedules and conspiracy theories, these two are a breath of fresh air. The friends whose opinions and stories I actually care about listening to. I would honestly pay a monthly subscription just to be added to their sisterly text thread. Also, their voices never get on my nerves, which is a major bonus. It is rare indeed to find people who have faces... And voices for, <laughs> indeed. It is rare indeed to find people who have faces for television and voices for radio. Just saying. I mean, someone put me in a coffin and bury me. I'm, I'm dead. dead. This like, is, let's just, I, I, we don't it. deserve this Chandler. We don't deserve this. We should call it. This we is should it. call it. It's honestly, everything after this is going to feel uh, mediocre and sad. It is all downhill from here. We are at I mean, the top of the mountain. We are peaking. The fact that, honestly, the fact that you would want to be added to our Sisterly text thread is incredibly kind. Um, I h- hate to inform you that a lot of it is fighting. Not fighting, but it squabbles nonetheless. And a lot of it is just Yeah. <laughs> Michael, please adopt us. We love you. I want to be a Kennedy. That's for sure. It's a better lot's know. name. So why don't she why doesn't she just adopt us? Please, we can have the paperwork drawn up. No big deal. Absolutely. Dead will to handle the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Mikkel. Yeah. Seriously, thank you so much. love you, you are truly a like a sister. Our number one. Okay, last pa- last review. Probably our last review ever. Singlely single-handedly saving me during the pandemic. From the very first episode at the onset of quarantine, my gals Lauren and Chandler, and at time at the time Megan, had me at Prison Dip and Jailhouse Hooch. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard during a podcast episode. I really needed that. And the laughs just keep coming. Chandler's marshmallow nails, Lauren's poetic metaphors, Courtney's passion for Prince William. These are just a sampling of what awaits you in this podcast. Though we watch virtually none of the same shows, though we virtually watch none of the same shows, I'm all Bachelor Nation all the time. Don't judge me. I found myself Googling their subjects while I listen. It's been a real pop culture education i am team megan and harry as well so you'd think i'd have stopped listening to these royal apologists a long <laughs> time ago but no they keep bringing the goods they have a great mix of sister banter and astute cultural observations i'd recommend it to anyone with ears ps free megan and harry Ugh. wow wow <laughs> i think we need to get this girl on because not only is she articulate as hell but she clearly has an opinion and maybe we could have a, a Meghan, we could have a royal debate I would love a royal debate, maybe right around when The Crown's supposed to debut again in October. Mm-hmm. How apropos. <laughs> I'd recommend it to anyone with ears. I've never felt so highly complimented. I just feel bad about the earless people that she's not recommending I know. it to. I know. But that's okay. Ugh, maybe sad. we can have another reviewer reach out to that community. <laughs> Ugh, so Guys, nice. This is too you. generous. Yeah. i just too kind. It is I just do want to update the listeners that we are currently at one four-star and one one-star review. I don't know what's happening there, but if you're planning on leaving us anywhere between a one and a four-star review, don't bother. Just throw your phone in a gutter. Yes, yeah. before you do anything even, even close to that. Like, I'd rather die than be considered a four-star podcaster. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather be stabbed in the face. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank um, you Bibi sippy cup i think that's her name thank you so much You're, you are truly a wonderful woman we love you all we love all the reviewers and if you haven't left us a review this is a way you can help our podcast so please leave us a review it helps with the it helps with the algorithm that's what they tell us yeah so- that's what that's coming down from tim cook uh guys lauren had to buy herself a a mattress this week with her own money and if we could just get a casper sponsorship like it would just really mean the world to us. I bought, I I feel like that's a weird thing to say. Like I had to buy a mattress. I bought a mattress since Kagan and I are staying in Courtney's house and shouldn't have a bed for us. So I bought us a mattress. Yes. And I'm just clarifying that story. But yes, yeah. we would love any sort of sponsorship. Our stats are basically flatlining. So if you could just tell your friends about the pod, try to get us more listeners. Spread the good it would, word. It would truly mean everything. Thank you. Please. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks guys. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologist and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Talk to you later, Says, Love you. I Love you. Do you ever
1: worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohallam, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like, what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonderbirds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts.